Yeah, now I'm going to have to go back and find what new titles I started this year. Since every year it feels like, oh, I don't feel like I started that many new things, you know? Time. It's just it's a weird soup. Welcome to another episode of Manga in Your Ears. My name is Helen. Corey and April are with me. Hi, everybody. Hello. I always have such a hard time remembering the intro for this show versus the intro for It's Not My Fault, the OASG podcast is not popular. You should just do the intro for that one on this one and then confuse everybody. No, because I've accidentally done that before and you guys were confused when I just said my name is Helen and paused. You guys were like, oh, are we supposed to talk now? (laughs) See, I've already done this one, Corey. (laughs) So we are back for our last regular episode of the year. Next episode, we're going to be talking about our favorite manga that we've read over the past year. But this time around, for our completed series, we're going to be talking about the five-volume Astra Lost in Space, which got an anime, I think it was last year? Nope, 2019, two years ago. Time is a weird soup. And then after that, we'll be talking about a series with a currently airing anime, Komi Can't Communicate. So first, Astra Lost in Space, or as Corey put it on Twitter, Helen's recommendations are good, especially the ones that start with, have I bullied y'all into reading this yet? (laughs) (laughs) April, you missed it. You you missed Corey having to admit publicly on Twitter in all caps that he was wrong. Because he's definitely liking this one. (laughs) It's true. I was wrong. (laughs) Astro Lost in Space is by Kenta Sinohara, who previously did Sket Dan, and he's doing the currently airing, well, currently serializing Witch Watch over at Viz. And it is set in uh, 2063, so near future-ish. Space travel has become possible and very commercially viable. It's not exactly passe, but it's become kind of the new norm. You know, instead of going to, like, Washington, D.C. or Tokyo or Kyoto for your class trip, now you kind of go to an uninhabited planet for a mini survival camp? I gotta admit, I don't quite understand that. But anyway, that is what our characters are getting ready to do as they start their new school year. Um, And so we've got a bunch of folks who've never met each other before. They're just um, meeting for the first time at the spaceport and getting ready to go off to, um, I think it's called like Planet Camp. Anyway, um, so they're going off with their advisor. They get dropped off. Everything seems to be going fine. You know, characters are trying to get to know each other. And then, oh, no, what's that glowing light over there? It's an interdimensional portal. The characters are as confused that this exists as we are at this point. You know, this is not any part of their normal technology. And so everybody is spit out, back out into space, who knows where. Thank God they all still had their spacesuits on from the shuttle trip over to this planet. And they discover a derelict spaceship floating nearby. Also, thank God, because <laughs> they were not equipped for this part of survival training. Although they're really starting to question at this point if the new technology they've never seen before is really a part of this, you know, week-long bonding experience. Uh, They managed to get onto the ship. Thankfully, it still manages to function. Uh, One of our characters has experience piloting spaceships, and so he's able to do it. Everyone sort of settles in, trying to figure out how to get back home, since it turns out they are like 5,000 light years away. And they come up with a plan to planet hop, you know, to get the supplies they need to make it the whole way there. But there's kind of this lingering mystery of, you know, 
who did this in the first place? And then as some of the characters are privately conversing, parts of the spaceship were damaged after they got there. There is a saboteur in their group. And so our cast of, um, I think it's eight characters, they're all trying to get to know each other, trying not to die, and just things are going along really cheerfully. And then you remember, oh, yeah, someone was probably trying to kill them, dropping them out in space. Well, what's up with that? So, yeah, I really like this manga. I followed it when Diz was putting it out chapter by chapter. It's one of their simulpub titles. And I also really enjoyed the anime that came out a couple of years ago. Um, I think I do like the manga a bit better, but the anime was a good, solid adaptation. So, Corey, I know you finished it. In April, you didn't finish it. So we're actually going to do something a little different this time, which is we're going to talk for a while. And then April is going to say goodbye for a little bit. And Corey and I will then get into the spoilers, because this is one where... um. <laughs> It gets a little hard to talk about it without spoilers at a certain point. <laughs> Which I think, Corey, you can appreciate now, having read the whole thing. <laughs> yes, I certainly can. Well, now I'm curious. I'll have to finish it, like, soon. <laughs> Just to talk Do to it. you all about it. Neglect your social responsibilities and simply binge manga. <laughs> what social responsibilities? <laughs> well, I'm assuming you were hanging out with your roommate at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. But, um... I, I've like vaguely heard of this. I feel like I've like vaguely heard of everything that we talk about, and I always mean to read it, and then the podcast makes me read it. But um, I mean that I is the entire point of this podcast. True, <laughs> true. To make ourselves read more manga. Uh, I so what did it make? There's a series that uh, the Promised Neverland. Not that they were similar, but they both have like a a mystery, at least in the beginning. That that they got me kind of like, oh, okay, I guess I'll check mm-hmm. this out. So that part of the of it. I've enjoyed because I just I like I didn't even read the description. I just kind of jump into series and and check them out. And so I'm definitely interested in the mystery. And then to hear that there are is a twist in the series, if not several. Now I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have read it all so so I could talk about it with you all. Um, But I think it's fun so far. I mean, the characters don't particularly stick out to me, but I think it's more the mystery and the world and all that. And it's pretty short, so I don't. I don't know. I don't think it has to be like a deep character study. I think the mystery just seems interesting enough. As a heads up, April, do not look at the Wikipedia page for this. I have, okay, it, open just to, I have it open just to double check character names, and it just it just says it all. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really like this. Um, as I said on Twitter, I was wrong. Helen, you're right, as seems to be typical when we talk about manga. Um, <laughs> I watched the anime of this first. Uh, I watched, I believe, four episodes. And that was, like, right before one of the first big twists. Like, I got... To, I was reading it and got to the point where I recognize, I still recognize stuff, and then it was literally the next chapter or two chapters <laughs> after that or something when something really interesting happened. Um, but as far as, like, that first part, uh, it does a really good job of keeping you interested in just, like, how are they going to stay alive? And... Um, introducing more of the each of the characters specialties quote-unquote i guess uh like what they're bringing to this group so the context of the main character he's a literary guy he has gone through this before when he was a kid when he got uh lost in a what was what actually happened um yeah he was on like a hiking trip with mm -hmm. a teacher and some friends i don't think it was supposed to be an overnight trip which is partially why they were so unprepared but yeah he's already had real world survival experience with deeply traumatic consequences <laughs> yeah. honestly this might be the le- less this might be the less traumatic of those two <laughs> incidents <laughs> right 
Yeah. Um, so he has all that experience. Charse, I don't know how to say his name. Charse? Um, yeah, let's go with that. It sounds vaguely French. <laughs> sure. Uh, he knows a lot about uh, cooking, botany, um, animals. He knows like how to, how to make things edible. Uh, Quactory is a daughter of doctors, and she also has some experience with general nursing and doctory things. Zach, as Helen mentioned, is a pilot somehow in high school. I guess you just <laughs> take that take that class instead of driving school, or maybe in addition to. Um, I, I was going to say, as somebody who lived in a state where you could like get like a full driver's license at 16 and get your permit at like 15 and a half, even I think that this is seriously young to be letting people pilot spaceships. Yeah, in Iowa, they let you get a uh, permit at 14. Well, isn't the answer for that so the kids can drive the tractors on the family farms? <laughs> no, That's they just let you do that. Anyway. <laughs> that could be actually true, though. I don't know. Uh, in the city, it was just 14-year-olds driving with their parents. Uh but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, there's nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine characters that are initially uh, introduced. Um, yeah, it's like eight classmates, and then each class is supposed to have, like, some sort of special project, so the special project is babysitting one of the, one of the characters' mm-hmm. younger sisters. Um, it's, um... Um, um, Kitari's adopted younger sister, Funika, who is a very adorable child, although she has this weirdly sarcastic puppet with her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, like, the story definitely does not explain it yeah. on purpose, but it, it's weird. It's, it's like this little puppet that, like, partially expresses the user's, like, inner thoughts. And if that's the case, Funika has a very dirty mind for a, like, <laughs> eight year old. <laughs> yep. He sure does. Um,. Yeah, the way that X uh, allows like these situations to come up, and then we learn about these characters through the situations. It's not forced; like they don't sit around a table and be like, "Here's what I know." Uh, I like that about this, uh, and the survival aspect of it kept me interested until the point when uh, stuff happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff comes up more naturally, like um, like um, Luca doesn't sit down and tell people, "Hey, so I'm intersex." It just sort of comes up when they're trying to talk another character out from shooting another character so um i will say for the dub um funimation did make sure that luca's voice actor is non-binary which is really cool um since i was thinking about that when this series started i was thinking uh-oh they're gonna do a sample dub i hope they know this because it would be really awkward if they just cast like a cis man in this role <laughs> um <laughs> i mean it would have been <laughs> yep sure would I liked Luca a lot. Luca's a... uh, I'm never quite sure what pronoun to use, since Luca seems kind of comfortable with he or they. But Luca's a good character. I also really like Ares, who's kind of, you know, the klutz, the airhead. But she's got a really good memory, and she's really perceptive. She's the one who figured out, um, if we don't have the supplies in any way, shape, or form to get home all the way in one go, what if we just make a whole bunch of smaller trips to planets along the way and keep refilling our supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, everyone brings some skills to the table here. Well, more or less. Um, the one who's um, very quiet with glasses and shy, who turns out to be a good singer, doesn't have like as clear defined role as some of the others, but they, they definitely bond together kind of naturally over the course of the series as they're facing all these challenges and again, trying not to die. You know, <laughs> yeah. everybody back home thinks they are dead because they vanished into nothingness on a school trip. You know, that's 
that's the stuff of lawsuits here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And there's only five volumes and nine characters, I think I said, so it's not like every character is going to get this, like, huge character moment. Like, uh, Yunhua does get a moment, but it's not... It doesn't have I feel to be like everybody moment. gets a big moment, it's just not like, here's an entire arc leading up to the big moment. It right. feels yeah. more integrated together. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also a big fan of like the creativity in the the planets as well. Like one of them, uh, I don't think it's a huge spoiler just to like say what the planets are that they go to, but uh, one of them is uh, like a, I don't know how to describe this a fungus planet where it just kills the animals around it. Uh, oh yeah, they, they thought of some like really interesting biology there. Yeah. yeah, and one of them has like constant earthquakes and typhoons so it's only fish and flying animals it's just neat mm -hmm. yeah and the comedy i thought worked overall it can be a little abrasive at times which is definitely um the creator's um it's definitely his comfort zone since i remember i tried out witch watch since i enjoyed astra lost in space so much and i found that humor to just be a little too grating for me i feel like it's a little better balanced here but yeah, this is definitely not going to be all doom and gloom. You know, this is a bunch of silly high school students. Or, you know, <laughs> half the cast is silly, the other half is trying not silly. Yep. You know, they're just going to have some weird moments. Trying like, to I think this was the same world you were just talking about, like, at one point. You know, they're starting off a chapter, and Kijuri is like, this is great, but why are we all hanging out on a beach? And they're like, we got nothing else to do. We're just going to hang out on the beach planet for, for like, a, a few days while we refuel. Yep. We'll have to talk about my reaction in the next... The next episode, the next next episode, when we're not doing the end of year, because yeah. now oh, you know, we can do it for your, we can do it at the end of year one. Yeah, it'll be on the <laughs> yeah, end yeah. of year. Oh, maybe so. <laughs> so yeah, do you guys have any other thoughts? Well, I mean, Corey, non-spoiler thoughts, April thoughts in general. <laughs> so they, sounds like you're definitely gonna read the rest of it, and it sounds like even if Corey and I hadn't been like, there's big twists. It sounds like you were going to anyway. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, there's like an interesting mystery, and like like y'all said, it's not very long. It's five volumes, and um, I'm reading it on the the sh uh, the Viz app. So mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's easy to pick up, and and yeah, I yeah, it's a part of their Shonen part. Jump Vault, so it's free for subscribers. Mm -hmm. I guess this is the part where I jump off, so you all can talk about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the, I'm reading the Kagakana, or I'm reading the romanization of the Kagakana, it's pronounced Shars and uh, Yunfa. Maybe I should have just looked a little further. <laughs> that's, that's weird for Yunfa, since that definitely looks Chinese to me, and that doesn't sound Chinese, though. Which is, I don't know, it's a classic problem. Like, I remember in Yona of the Dawn, there's a couple of names in there where you're like, okay, yes, this is definitely supposed to be a Korean name, but we're pronouncing it like a Japanese name. It, it goes to show that Americans are not the only people who give characters names and languages they don't speak and then just completely mess up the pronunciation. Or colonizing. Yeah, but that, I think that is too spicy a topic for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, April, we will talk to you again then in a little bit of Comey, I guess. Bye, everybody. Did you expect two twists for this series, or or did oh you think gosh. that the clones thing was going to be like the the 
the high point, I guess, of this series' insanity. <laughs> I honestly expect zero twists. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, that's why I dropped the anime initially, because I thought it was just going to be this exploration thing where they get home eventually, and then everyone's happy, and like, eh, that's not really gonna do much for me. But, like, first it was the class. Like, half the cast already hated their parents, you know? How did you think everything was gonna be happy once they got home? You know, I don't know. And then, like, looking back on it, it does a really good job at just laying these little things where it's like, oh, you should have really questioned this a little harder than you did (laughs) at the time. Um, yeah, since I've only read the manga once through the whole way once, so seeing the anime was kind of like my second go with the manga, well, second go of the whole story. So yeah, then it's a little more obvious, okay, there's little hints of foreshadowing here that everyone seems a little too suspiciously like their parents. Everyone kind of does have really shitty experiences with their parents, basically, and then, oh, so basically all of you, except Aries for special reasons, are yeah. basically just a clone of one of your parents, so they can, like hijack your body once they get old to yep. have some form of immortality. It's like, oh god. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and I, yeah, I think that they, it was either that reveal, no, I don't think it was that reveal, but it was um, something getting closer to that, where I dropped it, and like the thing that I read after that, I don't remember specifically what it was, but um, that really got me wanting to read more, staying up later to read more. <laughs> Uh, and I think, like, the end... Yeah, so they had a scene early on that this is where I really found it suspicious, where um, everyone was like, well, I guess we're just gonna have to call him dead. That's just too bad, isn't it? And Ares is mom. Yeah, it, it's like the principal is telling the parents that they just have not been able to contact them for days, yep. so they think they need to assume the worst. And you see that Ares' mom is, like, genuinely upset, and yep. no one else seems to be, and she's upset. She's like, why is nobody else upset here? <laughs> yep. Uh, and I, oh, I guess that we should a... say that Aries' mom is not who she's a clone of. She is aware, I I believe she's aware that Aries is a clone, but yes, she has no idea so. that this was just one person in a larger scheme. Yep. Well, all the other parents are definitely aware that they are all in this together, and yep. are commenting to each other privately, even like, do you know how hard it was to get everybody assigned to the same class, and even put the little sister in with them so we can all <laughs> knock them out of a wormhole in one go? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, uh, so that was, like, the first time I was suspicious, and I was like, oh, that was kind of weird, but it's, the story's moving on, so I guess I'll ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even you're not even thinking, let's put a pin in that and come back to it later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, of course, our second twist is when the characters have found, like, they found another version of their ship out there, which is already kind of weird, since nobody has recognized, like, the model of ship or anything. And they find someone in cryogenic sleep there, and they're eventually able to wake her up, and she mentions, you know, I forget how it comes up, but she mentions Earth, and all of them look at her, and I go, what's Earth? We're from Astra. And I, I can assure you, Corey, I remember when this happened on Twitter, there was some screaming from those of us who were reading on Twitter. We <laughs> were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I think it was... Um... Everyone's like, all right, finally, we're going home. Because to begin their tra- travels on this planet, their ship uh, got into, like, a windstorm or something, and it crashed. So they eventually resigned themselves to be like, all right, well, we're just going to live here now. But that's when they found this other ship. That seems to be an exact copy of it. Yeah, they crash-landed on another planet, and mm-hmm. so... And then they find another copy of their ship, basically, and they're like, we can salvage this for parts, but what is this? Yeah. So this then, is a planet that shouldn't even have ever been explored, you know? No one yeah. should know about this. So then they were like, oh, we can finally go home. And then Paulina 
the new character uh, who is in cryosleep is like, yes, we can finally go home to Earth. And everyone's like, what? And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And and I will say, like, a whole bunch of us early on had been like, wow, like interdimensional space travel by 2063. That seems kind of soon. And I was like, oh, I guess that was right on the money. Since it turns out it's not 2063, it is 2163. Mm. Humanity... (laughs) I think it was going to be like an asteroid storm or something along those lines, but it was just going to be untenable for people to keep living on Earth. So they actually migrated the whole half planet to another planet and just sort of refused to talk about it. And they're just now at the point, I think, where like the youngest people who lived on Earth are now dying, like a grandparent generation. Grandparent or or great-great-grandparent generation. Yeah, so like this current class has heard nothing about this, although there's a line later saying that they don't think they the government could have kept this a secret for much longer, actually, since like archaeologists were starting to realize things weren't working. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? You could transplant a whole planet, but you can't transplant like undiscovered Egyptian tombs or anything like that, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they discover, okay, so we're all clones. We were all cloned by our parents so that they could have, like, some sort of body-swapping immortality. We're all from a planet that is apparently not actually our humanity's original birthplace, and nobody told us. And, oh, yeah, for all of this to have worked, somebody in this crew, one of us clones, is definitely trying to have killed all of us. Someone has agreed to be the sacrificial pawn. You know, just, it's amazing that these kids seem to come out of it without any need for therapy. Just strong resilience right there, you know? <laughs> yeah, we don't see, like, there is a, a big of an epilogue, but we don't see, like, their real lives. Maybe they, they're all attending therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe? I know the anime had a flash forward by, like, a couple of years. I forget if that was in the manga or not. Yep, it was. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so it it just starts piling on the twists in the second half and it's like these were actually foreshadowed to a degree or if you at least had paused yes i think the one major inconsistency is that they name the spaceship um astra um because they see something written on the spaceship it's like ad astra um it's it's like the it's like the latin phrase to the stars and they act like they've never seen the word before and it's like guys know you you definitely would have seen the word astra before literally or yeah (laughs) and it's like i I feel like that needed to have been written a little more gracefully you know to make it plausible and i don't mean the translation i suspect it was clunky in the japanese as well since that kind of phrasing was in both the anime and the manga so i Mm -hmm. i think that's on the manga's part yeah maybe but yeah i i don't remember how the how it went down on twitter with the reveal about the clones but i do remember that once the oh yeah this is an earth thing came down i definitely remember there was some screaming there (laughs) you know the kind where you're trying to scream and you're trying to let people know this is what i'm screaming about but i'm not gonna say the spoiler you know for anyone who hasn't gotten to this yet (laughs) but yeah and it was like they i thought it was kind of creative how they uh rewrote history it was the cuban missile they rewrote the cuban missile crisis such that instead of uh nothing happening uh actually everything happened and the earth was exploded by several nuclear devices and that's that is how they uh turn back the clock by a hundred years uh mm-hmm. seems like uh i don't even know i think the other <laughs> the other plot hole in this is why would adults even do this? What is, I th- what is the reason? I guess they just yet? didn't want to admit that they had moved, since part of the explanation with the fake human missile crisis story is because we do actually see a map or a globe of Astra once or twice, 
And they have terraformed it to look a lot like Earth, but the continents don't like perfectly match up and everything. So the implication is that the story was we blew up so many goddamn nukes. We were just like nuking off parts of like the coastlines <laughs> and stuff. Like I think Florida's gone, you know. Well, it's not big long. I know. Um, I forget exactly what it looked like, but I think that was the explanation. So yeah, I guess it's kind of like the government didn't want to lose face. Yeah. Which. I don't know. We're both Americans. Neither of us have been in Japan. Well, I've never visited. I don't think you have either. But one thing you hear a lot about is like, oh, yeah, there's this even greater culture of, you know, saving face in Japan. So I wonder if maybe that's true to an extent and that influenced the creator when he was writing this, thinking I could see a government going so far as to really want to save face. While for us, being in the U.S., where it just seems like the dirty laundry is just out in the open constantly that feels a little harder to buy into yeah that could be i know there's some at least in the japanese conservative party that are just like uh korean and southeast asian comfort women did not exist uh we have nothing to apologize for etc etc which really feels similar to like the u.s conservative party that says yeah i was gonna say this does feel similar to like QAnon and like holocaust deniers you know they are all Bedfellows. <laughs> yeah, Holocaust deniers, people that say Civil War generals were cool, etc., etc. But uh, merely speculation on our parts uh, on those. Yeah. Oh, and they uh, and the, in this transition of moving from Earth to Astra, they also um, created a one-world government instead of having several countries. Which the thinking was that the several countries uh, that several countries existed at all was the issue. So they created a worldwide official language, everyone speaks this, and everyone is part of this world, quote-unquote, country. Uh, yep, the UN is actually doing something, you know, everybody's speaking Esperanto, I guess, you know. Yep. It is, you know, we never quite understood how, either that or they're speaking whatever Pauline's native language was. I don't know if it's supposed to be English or something else. <laughs> yeah. They don't have any communication issues with her. Yeah, and Pauline that Pauline could be an English name, could be just like a European name. I thought they said she was Russian. Yeah, it could be Russian. She definitely looked like she was drawn white, but of course, I think that manga characters are drawn to look like me, so... (laughs) Right. Yeah, Rachel Thorne did a good essay on that once about why manga characters look white to white Americans, but they look Asian to Japanese writers. But anyway, you guys get my point. There's a couple (laughs) of little plot holes in here, but not as many as you would think from a series that did all this. (laughs) Yep, yep. And the Astra wiki says that she is Russian, uh, so okay. I may not trust that. Uh, I mean, I would trust anyone who's hardcore enough to like actually seek out the Astra wiki to put down these details. <laughs> I do I do need to buy the volumes myself so I can have them on hand and double-check everything. Just haven't yet since print shortages. You know, Viz has been especially bad for getting some stuff back in print. <laughs> Yeah, this is only five volumes, so it's not like it's a huge time commitment if you are interested in it, and as you can hopefully tell, we actually really like this, uh, mm-hmm. like what we are about to talk about. Um, I mean, it's not that I disliked Comey, I was just more bored of it. Astro <laughs> was just fun. I, I enjoyed it from the get-go. I, I really liked the characters, I liked the premise, and then it turned into a wild, wild rocket ship ride, and I was like, oh man, this is great. <laughs> yep, yeah, and I think it's I read it on the jump app, so I have no idea what volume number each thing happens in. But I think it's like two volumes uh, to really get into the meat of the story. Uh, but before that, I liked the uh, the characters and having them stay alive. That was very intriguing, interesting. 
yeah, I won't be able to make my best of the year list since I restrict that to new titles I've discovered this year. But it was definitely one of my favorites for that time, which was, I think, 2018, since I think the whole thing had finished running before the anime aired. But yeah, go check out Astro Lost in Space, folks. This is a big recommendation from me and Corey, and I think April was giving it a you know a thumbs up as well from what she read. Yep. Yeah, our, our intent is to have April talk about her feelings on the spoiler parks later in another episode. But until then, guess uh, us. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. <laughs> All right, then. Let's take a break, and then we'll be back with Comey. <laughs> We're back. We are talking about our new manga now, uh, Komi Can't Communicate by Tomohito Ota, Oga. Um, maybe, no, probably not. Anyway, um, it's current, it has 15 volumes in the U.S. currently, uh, 23 in Japan, and like every, I'm gonna say this now, but every volume I'm like, how can this keep going and keep me interested? And every volume I'm like, you know, that's pretty good. I should read the next one. <laughs> Wait, have you read all 15 that are out then? Uh, I've read 10. Okay. But still, <laughs> that yeah. is a lot. Yeah. Um, so the the plot of this thing is that Komi Shoko has a communication disorder, and this is, this is a very severe communication disorder, to the point where she basically uh, is paralyzed in anxiety, fear, whatever, um, whenever she has to talk to literally anybody. Um, and she is just joining this high school, um, where she meets uh, Tarano Hitohito, um, and these two form a bit of a friendship, first by writing on the chalkboard in the school, uh, and then further by just becoming friends with more people in the classroom. It is Komi's goal to become friends with 100 people. Uh, and from there, it's just we meet this uh, huge cast of characters that are all weird in their own ways, um, and I, I, I say their names in the Japanese order um, because their names are puns or plays on word or uh, references to various things uh, in relation to their characters. The Viz translation does put them in Western order, first name, then last name. Um, but like Tagano Hitohito, it means uh, an ordinary or average person. Uh, and then there is someone that is literally named Osana Najimi, which for uh, weebs like us, we recognize that as that is childhood Frank. That is just literally this person's name. But um, I, I liked it a lot. I read the volumes, as I said. But uh, what did you two think? Um, I liked it a lot, too. I've been hearing about it and, like, seeing volumes uh, around. But like you said, I was like, how? I knew the basic premise, but I wasn't really sure, like, what are they going to do with this for this many volumes? I thought it would be a pretty short series. Um, but I picked up a couple volumes just to check it out, and I really liked it. Like, um, I would like to see her try to make 100 friends. I didn't really know where it was going, but what was it? Yesterday, I decided to watch an episode of the anime that's out. And I don't think I realized at the end of that episode that, like, everybody everybody that she meets, I guess, is a little bit different or weird, or the people in the school are kind of different and weird. So I, I like it so far. I liked it enough to look the anime. So 
Yeah, there's definitely a line in there that, like, the school is purposefully made of weird people. That, like, the entrance exam is kind of a sham. It's all determined on the interview you give, if you're weird enough to get accepted. Um, I read the first volume, and it was fine, but I really don't see it keeping my attention for 15 volumes or even 10 <laughs> volumes. <laughs> or 23. Like, that's that just seems like a long time to stretch out a very basic comedic premise. And... I don't know, one of my favorite takes on Twitter I saw about this when the anime was airing was somebody saying, this girl needs an IEP, you know, well, how is this guy the first person ever to try communicating a perfect, you know, text on a chalkboard, etc. And I just had that in my mind the entire time when I was reading this. Like, this poor child, she needs some professional help. Comey, Comey needs a therapist. Yes, <laughs> or something. Maybe just a speech therapist, but you know, yeah. it's like... Yeah, I mean, I found some of the jokes funny, and in the first volume, that character you're mentioning, Osana Najimi, it's like, is this a bad trans joke? I'm not sure if it's supposed to be or not. Yeah, I wasn't sure about it. It's one of those ones where it's like they're just vague enough about the character's identity that you can't tell if it's really positive and uplifting or just really tropey. So, yeah, yeah, I was, kind of, I was kind of like that the whole time, since the only other character I really met um, besides, you know, our two leads... Osana um, was the girl who got really nervous being watched by Comey and then is like, I'll be your dog. And it's like, oh, this lady also has issues. Apparently this whole school has issues and they all have weird issues. I believe that is Agari Himiko and that is a pun on the Japanese word for stage fright or cowardice. Um, but yeah, uh, this is the dog person and I believe she is also the person that is like a foodie blogger too and like whenever she writes about any restaurants in uh, a glowing way it'll have booming business a whole story mini storyline i mean yeah as somebody who felt like they were the weirdest person in their high school and i mean i probably was up in there i don't know it just feels kind of weird to see a whole school of weirdos <laughs> by comparison so yeah i was just kind of lukewarm on this one don't really feel compelled to check out the anime or really keep going with it, but um, it's not quite as shallow as I expected it to be, because, you know, you look at the basic premise of, oh, this guy, he makes friends with this beautiful girl who is really shy, and he's helping her. Ooh, it's like, that just sounded really shallow to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was surprised about how much I ended up liking it. Um, I don't find it particularly funny most of the time. Like, I know there are comedy or supposed comedy moments, but I find the like learning about the characters and their interplay much more interesting than um or more interesting than i do funny um and i like i was watching the anime and it didn't really work for me not one it was not helping that netflix just does not translate the text for a lot of stuff (laughs) for no reason um to be clear we mean the on-screen text like comey writing everything on a chalkboard (laughs) right right um it does translate like some of it to to their credit, I guess, but it's not not all of it, which is of course the ideal way to do things. Um, and two, I just read the manga, so it's not like I really have a desire to to watch this thing that I just read animated. Um, and three, I think the the anime is kind of putting more of a focus on that comedy aspect, or maybe it's just. Uh, guiding me more toward wanting to laugh at it, whereas the manga I feel like read it and enjoy it however I feel like. Um, but yeah, there's a lot a lot of characters in here. 
Uh, one of them, Yamai Ren, is kind of a Yangere that's to have Komi do various questionable things to her. Uh, another one, Nakanaka Omoharu, is a Kunibyo type character. Um, and each of them, like, kind of get Komi further out of her shell and have her either write in her notebook or actually talk to her at some points. Um, and I guess those are the kind of payoff moments that I'm waiting for, is for Komi to really start conversing with people rather than just writing in the notebook. And even writing in the notebook is a, a struggle for her to begin with, but uh, good for her for talking. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that, since I thought this was definitely a comedy first and foremost before, you know, any kind of character study. So it's kind of interesting to hear you say the comedy's not really doing it for me, but everything else. Yeah, Yeah, I wasn't aware that the characters' names were, like, plays on words. I found that out just now, so... Yeah, the Osana Najimi name gave it away for me, but everyone everyone else was... I would have no idea. Yeah, I wonder... So you said there's 15 volumes out right now, right? In the U.S., yep. Yeah, I, I wonder. I am kind of curious where else they're gonna, or they're gonna take. Because I did, I feel similar to Helen about the premise. That's like, how far can you really take this? So, I'd be interested to see what they do. But fifteen seems like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. The tenth volume they just got into the second year. Um, oh wow! <laughs> so maybe it, it, like as compared to other forever going. <laughs> Uh, manga series or anime series, they do move up a move up a grade, maybe relatively fast. I don't remember what other ones have done. Um, like I think I remember Fruits Basket. They jump from first to second year, and then it feels like they jump from second year to third year, like immediately after that. It felt really fast comparatively. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're remembering that right. They okay. definitely spent less time on the second year in Fruits Basket. And can I just say? The teacher hasn't really made an impression on me yet, but God, I feel so bad for the man now if he's got to put up with ten volumes just to get through their first year of everyone's <laughs> antics in the classroom. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I've seen a bunch of weird stuff lately. There's like a ninja in the background of the classroom, right? Yes, and his okay, name yeah, is, is Shinobino. <laughs> yeah, I remember there were the first volume. There were ones where they were playing like these really strange games, and I'm reading the I'm reading the pages, and I'm just like. Nope, I can't follow what you guys are doing at all. <laughs> I don't know if these are real Japanese classroom games. Or just Nope, I'm out. <laughs> and he definitely always seemed to be involved in those. Yeah, yeah, there is some weird character. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know if we can give... Like, this is kind of a weird <laughs> one, uh, as, as opposed to like some of the other stuff that we review. Um, Index, like, I cannot say you should definitely read this, and I cannot say you can defi- you should definitely not read this. It is basically try it out for yourself and see, and that, that's the best I can, can say. But I liked it. Yeah, Comedy is just always so subjective like that. It <laughs> yeah. is. Well, I say that, but I, I would also say everyone should definitely read Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun, and that is also <laughs> a comedy. Like, yes. that one is not subjective at all. All right, well, do we have anything else before we end the episode? I nope. think that does it for me. <laughs> yeah. It is nice that Netflix is not really keeping this one in Netflix jail this time around, at least. People only have a two-week delay to watch it instead of the usual three months. <laughs> oh, it's two weeks. We were wondering about that with Blue Period, too, because it seemed like there were two episodes that were listed on Anime Planet that were not on Netflix, so I thought it was only one. Yeah, Blue Period is definitely a two-week delay, and I think Comey is also a two-week, but... I'm not watching it, so I have not double-checked that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're watching Blue Period, but I don't keep. I can't watch it until they put it out, so I don't care. <laughs> I've also been checking out the Blue Period anime, but honestly, I think the manga does it better. 
I don't know what you're gonna... Maybe we should talk about that later. I've already read two volumes, so I can do it. <laughs> I've read zero. Uh, the, our local comp canceled my... Guess they can't rude. Oh. Less rude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, where can we find everybody on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Mongeoren. I'm still alive. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at London Dreamer. And you can find me either retweeting things there, or you can just go straight to the OASG.com, which is where I do reviews of things like Blue Period, some light novels, a whole lot of manga. You guys could just head on over there if you want to hear my list. Less shitposty thoughts on <laughs> series. More pop carried by Agri Sykes. Listen, apparently there are 15 million copies of the novel and manga combined in print and in digital, and I just want to know when is an anime adaptation coming? Mm. Please, I want to see my daughter Mao Mao animated. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all the great reaction faces we could get. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Passionate K. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Manga in Your Ears, and you can find all of our episodes over at TaikuPodcast.com. That's T-A-I-I-K-U. And if you've been using the uh, feed recently and are listening to us now through that same feed, then you'll know that it's fixed now. Uh, it was broken for a bit, but uh, now it's fixed. So, yay, everybody that worked on that, which was me and Camelia. So, yay, yes. Um, but that's it. That's the end of the episode. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. <laughs>